1: You know what the biggest problem is? The biggest problem uh, around the world today and certainly here in America. The number one problem that I think, uh, and and praise the Lord for uh, Vice President Kamala Harris and Joe Biden, because they're willing to take it on. And and, uh, I haven't heard any Republicans talking about it. And so uh, I'm throwing down with the P and the VP. Uh, because they're just totally on top of it. Because the biggest problem, obviously, today is Islamophobia. That, that's, that's clearly that's a huge problem. <laughs> Welcome back, hey, it's Steve Noble, the Steve Noble Show. When I heard about this the other day, and uh, Harris, Kamala Harris, came out with this video on Twitter, taking on hate as a national priority. She posted on X formerly known as Twitter, uh, we need to con- it's a plan. The White House has a plan to combat a surge of hate in America. And I'm like, cool, they're going to come right out and just, uh, hey, let's deal with. I mean, this is a psychotic level of anti-Semitism uh, around the world, but here in America as well, especially on college campuses. But you see it on on major uh Cities with the protests in the last couple of weeks since October 7th when the uh, fundamentalist Hamas terrorists in Gaza just went on a killing spree of uh, Jews. But apparently that's that's not that's not anti-Semitic or it's not that big of a problem. And then when we have college students here in America, like at Cornell uh, with screen names like kill Jews. And then they they literally post on the school site <laughs> on some of their chat boards about we need to hunt them down, rape their women, kill them all. That, I mean, what is this? 1938, 39. Welcome back to Germany. And we got to get those rascally Jews. Except the big problem apparently is Islamophobia. So what is it? What is it? This really started back with Obama who had a very interesting background in relationship with Islam because his father was Islamic. Uh, he was raised around Islam and an Islamic school and he was a little kid. And so he had this, you know, this mixture of his, his quote unquote Christianity and his quote unquote, uh, Muslim roots and, and willing to talk to Iran and, and cut deals with Iran. Biden's the same way. Iran literally wants to wipe not only, uh, Israel off the map, but Jews in general and America in general, wipe them all off the map. But no, we can deal with these people. They're fine. They're, they're, they're well-meaning people, and, and uh, gosh, they just want to provide some power for their folks there in Iran, and that's why they want uh, to continue to develop nuclear energy. They, they would never do anything terrible with that. I mean, what is the deal? Somebody please help me understand. What is this strange Relationship between the progressive left and just about every Democrat, it would appear, and Islam. Like, why is it? I think it's spiritual in nature because Islam, uh, no friend of Christianity. Now, some Muslims will say, "Yeah, hey, we're down with you guys. We are like Moses, Abraham, even even Jesus. We revere Jesus. You guys got them all, all all mixed up as to who he is." But what a great prophet! What a great teacher! And then all that's supplanted by Muhammad, yeah, but but what what is their deal? I, it could be that they're just afraid of him. You insult Christians all day long. They're they're tearing into uh, Mike Johnson, the new Speaker of the House, who's been a longtime friend. They're tearing into him and saying, you know, Hamas and stuff uh, is not nearly as dangerous to America as some uh, f- a religious fundamentalist like Mike Johnson. They're going ballistic about him because he mentions the Bible and actually believes in God, puts his faith in Jesus, and that's his worldview. And uh, but no, not not Islam. I mean, we're we're, we're pretty good there. So what is that? What is this. Here it is. Here's the story. Vice President Kamala Harris was blasted on social media over a video announcing the country's first national strategy to counter Islamophobia because this is such a big problem. Taking on hate as a national priority. She posted on X rolling out the White House plan to combat a surge of hate in America. Let's see. What's that surge look like? Well, here you go. They, this one article in Axios is funny. Anti-Arab. Now watch this. <laughs> this is the headline in Axios. Anti-Arab and uh, all caps, by the way. Capital A, anti-Arab, capital A, and all lowercase, anti-Semitic. So it's like this. Anti-Arab and anti-Semitic. Hate crimes surging in New York City and LA. They put anti-Arab ahead of anti-Semitic. And this is written just a few days ago, post-October 7th, let's kill Jews. And literally, one story came out recently, they threw the lady's baby in the oven and cooked it. But let's put anti-Arab first. Anti-Semitic and anti-Arab and Muslim hate crimes have skyrocketed in New York City and Los Angeles since the war between Israel and Hamas began, new police numbers show. The big picture, this is Axios, early data in the nation's two largest cities show the Middle East conflict coincides with an uptick in violence against Jewish Americans and Arab Americans in wake of an increase in hate crimes. So, okay, well, you got any numbers here for me? Okay, here we go. Thank you, Axios. The number of anti-Semitic hate crimes in New York City rose from 16 in September to 69 in October. Okay, That and that's on the other side of... The attack on Jews, Jewish people, Israel, Israelites, Israel people, right, on October 7th by fundamental Islamists. 16 to 69. But, hey, hey, don't jump to any conclusions here, friends. Because in L.A., the number of anti-Arab Muslim hate crimes between October uh, 6th to the 26th was eight. And then what did they compare it to? Compared to one during the same period last year in 2022, <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, this is journal journalism is so dead. Lord help us. They're like, where is there any honest reporting of any kind anywhere? Just a scripture, apparently. So in LA over the last year, from October of this year versus October of last year, well, October this year. Uh there were eight. Yeah, but October last year, there's only one. So Let's put that at the head of the article and then let's get the White House in and let's, let's create an anti-Islamophobia task force while Jews are being hunted and killed in, it's like 1938, 39, around the world, not just Germany. And these guys are talking about Islamophobia. Now, any Islamophobia that exists, of course, would be bad, but that's the problem, not anti-Semitism. What's with these people? I'll be right back. Hey, it's Steve. Lots of people around the country and around the world hating Jews these days. Because we just didn't get enough of the 1930s. And so uh, I was mentioning this Axios article Anti-Arab and then anti-Semitic hate crimes surging in New York City and L.A. New York City. uh, okay. anti-Semitic hate crimes in New York City rose from 16 in September to 69 last month. Okay, significant, is it not? Especially given the fact that there was this heinous attack on Jewish people in Israel. Then they reference L.A. Now they put Arab Islamophobia at the head of the article. The number of Arab, uh, it's a big problem around the country, Arab anti-Arab Muslim hate crimes between October uh, was October this year was eight versus October last year, which was only one. So, oh, my goodness. So, Harris and Biden. Biden, who is losing his marbles. And Kamala Harris, sad to say, doesn't have any. So, they come out with, hey, we need to start this uh, national strategy to counter Islamophobia. Like, what is this? I just I literally I don't understand this relationship between Democrats and Islam. According to the there's some reactions on Twitter. Or, or, sorry, X. According to the FBI director, Jews make up two point four percent of the U.S. population, but are the targets of 60 percent of hate crimes. Political commentator Gad Sads uh, posted on X. This is why it's apparently important to fight Islamophobia, according to the White House. What in the world? And here's another one. Anti-Semitism is at the highest level since Nazi Germany and the Biden administration decides to launch an anti-Islamophobia effort. GOP Representative Derek Van Orden posted, I have absolutely no idea how anyone who cares about the survival of Jewish people could vote for any member of the Democrat Party. Well, you obviously don't know. Democrat voters very well, sir. Timing is everything and is itself a statement. Fox News contributor Tammy Bruce posted this as Jews are being threatened, hunted and attacked worldwide. Tells you everything you need to know about the moral depravity and corruption of the Democrat Party and especially of the people in the White House. Shame on them. Uh, Yeah. You think? Wow. Amazing. By the way, in the next segment, uh, one final uh, report and call from our friend Michael Woolworth at... Bible League, trying to uh, working with our friends at Truth Radio Network, trying to cross the finish line here and get as many Bibles around the world as we can. If you think uh, Joe Biden or uh, Donald Trump is the ultimate solution to anything on this planet, you're nuts. Uh, the ultimate solution is Christ and Christ alone, His Word and His Spirit. That that's it. And and you want peace in the Middle East? We're gonna get it one day, but it's gonna be when Jesus sets foot there, and the new heavens and the new earth and the city of God comes down there and Israel, and then you'll have it. But but before then, you won't. But you should strive for it. So I'm all for striving for it. But this is just crazy. So our, our, uh, our friend Mike Johnson, the new Speaker of the House, this is awesome. He's just picking a fight with the, De- with, the with the Democrats, which would include Chuck Schumer and uh, Mitch McConnell in the Senate. You see this the other day? This is big. We'll see what happens. But this is, this is going to be a fight. The House of Representatives approved $14.3 billion in additional military aid for Israel as it wages war with Hamas, terrorists, and the Gaza Strip uh, Thursday going against the will of President Biden. Ooh, you can't do that. The Israeli Security Supplemental Appropriations Act passed 226 to 196 with 214 Republicans, two blew out of there, and 12 Democrats, so somewhat bipartisan. How about that? Uh, Mike said this tonight, a bipartisan group of members voted to send immediate aid to Israel, our greatest ally in the Middle East, our supplemental package, which is fully offset because they cut money out of what would be going to the IRS to hire 87000 new agents because we definitely need that as long with a new anti uh, islobia, is lobia. anti Islam Islamophobia task force. We need that and we need 87000 new IRS agents and then everything will just be fine. So I, I, you guys just need to quit complaining about. Your expensive groceries. Our supplemental package, which is fully offset, provides Israel with advanced weapons systems, supports the Iron Dome missile system, and replenishes American domestic defense stockpiles because we're running out. Thank you, Ukraine. This is necessary and critical assistance as Israel fights for its right to exist. With anti-Semitism on the rise, both domestically and abroad, it's imperative that the U.S. sends a message to the world that threats made against Israel and the Jewish people will be met with strong opposition. The Senate and White House cannot let this moment pass. And I urge them to act swiftly and pass this bill as the House did today. And and they're not going to. Okay, they're just going to blow it out of the water. Uh, One of the Democrats that voted with Mike Johnson and the Republicans said, while I do not support the speaker's approach to this legislation, we must ensure that Israel has the resources to defeat Hamas and other terrorists and get every hostage home, including all Americans. On Tuesday, the White House pledged to veto the legislation if it came to the president's desk with Biden's Office of Management and Budget calling it bad for Israel, for the Middle East region, for our own national security. Really? How so? We're helping them. Biden 80... Also declared at a campaign event Wednesday. I'm a little punchy today. Can you tell? Biden80 also declared at a campaign event Wednesday night that he was pushing for a pause in the Israel. The nerve of these people. Oh, you got to hit a pause. (laughs) Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer criticized House Republicans' bill as a joke. Uh, we need to stand with Israel. We need to help Ukraine. He said the Senate will work on its own emergency aid package. Yeah, they want to put it all together, pork barrel, all the same mess because they're they're not willing to to talk about these two things. It's two separate issues, even though they are two separate issues. Schumer and his uh, Democrat friend Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell have instead been proposing uh, to pass Biden's requested one hundred and six billion dollar package that would provide the fourteen point three in aid to Israel as well as sixty one point four billion to Ukraine. $14 billion for U.S. immigration enforcement and $16.5 uh, billion for Taiwan's defense and other issues. It's a little late for that. Johnson championed the standalone Israel Israel funding bill in a Fox News appearance, calling it a present and urgent need. He also sought to ally, allay Senate Republicans by forming them in a Wednesday meeting that the lower chamber would pass a separate Ukraine funding bill, a source confirmed to the Post. So that, that's what they're doing here, pull these things apart, deal with them one at a time, which is what they're going to try to do. Uh, when they deal with this uh, another continuing resolution train wreck coming up in about two weeks and then pull the whole budget apart and do 12 uh, different spending bills. OK, dealing with different departments. So pull this stuff out for accountability. Go after the IRS agents and all the, the money that the Biden administration wants to spend that we don't have. And, and Mike's going to be in a huge fight with uh, Chuck Schumer, Democrat uh, leader of the Senate, and his Democrat buddy, uh, Mitch McConnell. Steve, Mitch McConnell is a Republican. Mm-hmm. His Democrat buddy, Mitch McConnell. So there you go. Uh... <laughs> okay. So we're going to talk to Michael Woolworth uh, in the next segment. And then we're going to talk to our friends. These are important things that you can do rather than just throw things at the TV and yell. Uh, but so with our friends at Bible League, which we've been talking to them for the past uh, 10 days, doing a great Effort in a partnership with Truth Radio, Truth Radio Network, uh, for sending Bibles around the world. So, we're going to get an update there. They extended the goal till this Sunday, November 5th. So, we'll talk to Michael when we come back. And then, in the final segment, my friend Beth Mull with Love Life. They're coming up on the end of the 40 weeks in a row at uh, abortion clinics around the country, but here in Raleigh and down in Charlotte and over in the Greensboro area and several other markets. Uh, Coming up, the final one, three, four, five hundred people coming out to the abortion clinic. These are things that you can actually do as opposed to sitting around feeling like uh, you can't do anything. But you can. You can send Bibles to people around the world. Five bucks a piece. That's like one pumpkin latte or one gingerbread latte. Or uh, go stand, pray and worship and be a godly representative in front of an abortuary where they're killing babies like Hamas. Wow, Steve, did you just compare abortion clinics to Hamas? I did. I'm unafraid, I'm bold, and I'm accurate. That's just the deal. We'll be right back. Welcome back. It's Steve Noble, The Steve Noble Show. And and I know when I'm doing news talk stuff during the week, believe me, I, and I experience this as well, it can be very frustrating. You uh, feel uh, kind of just caught in the, in the machine. You don't feel like there's much you can do. I think sometimes as followers of Christ, we even struggle to think that you're... Even though the, the scripture tells you that the prayers of a righteous man availeth much... Uh, But sometimes those prayers take a while. We have to labor away like the persistent widow. And so I, I, I struggle with this sometimes myself, although I have years of actual experiences of stepping out and trying to make a difference. By doing different things, taking my faith out of the church, out of my mind, out of my house, into the street, or into different ministries, whatever the case may be. So when you're feeling like, I can't make a difference, don't buy the lie. That's a lie from the devil, that you can't make a difference. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And so there are things that you can do that will make an eternal difference. Can you fix the mess, the heartbreak in Israel with Hamas and Gaza? You cannot. Uh, Should you pray about it? Absolutely, we should be lifting that up in prayer every day. So so prayer isn't the only thing we should do, but we should do nothing without it. A friend of mine that worked with Greg Laurie in the Harvest Crusades uh, taught me that years ago. It stuck with me. I love that one. But every once in a while, there's something you can do that's really simple, that has eternal significance, which can change lives around the world. You might not see it or hear about it in this life. I believe thoroughly that you will in the next, which is why we uh, continue our conversation with our good friend Michael Woolworth at the Bible League, as we are all trying to come together to send as many Bibles as we possibly can to people around the world that desperately need it. We've got it on our phone, running around in our pocket. No big deal. Most of us probably have several copies at home. People around the world uh, can't even imagine that. And for five bucks a piece, you can drop an actual Bible into their lap, which I've, I've seen that happen before on a couple of trips I've taken to uh, new to uh, Africa as well as Thailand. It's mind boggling what we take for granted and what they value. Michael, welcome back. How are you?
0: Hey, Steve, you've been a great friend of Bible League and uh, appreciate uh, your listeners. They've been incredibly kind uh, to our ministry for the sake of what? Uh, lifting up the name of Jesus and supporting the church around the world. As you say, that we've been. Uh, getting together for just a few moments here and there over the last uh, few weeks. uh, We've been telling you about uh, the needs of the church around the world, the regions of Asia, Africa, the Middle East, and Latin America. Uh, It's 50 Bibles here, 500 Bibles Mm -hmm. needed there, uh, 300 Bibles here, and we're literally the final days of this campaign. Steve, let me bring you up to speed on where we are. It was Just a few weeks ago, the Truth Network uh, and Bible League said, hey, let's get together. If this is a serious issue, of course it is. Uh, this is our 85th year of ministry and God wow. has positioned us on the front line, Steve, uh, to be able to put the Bible into the hands and hearts of Bibleist believers. And here's where we are today. We're at 2,500 Bibles. Uh, we want to do this for 3,500. We have until this Sunday, November 5th. So we're 70% of the way before we uh, disconnect. I want to thank some of your listeners, uh, share a quick story from uh, Africa so you have an idea of the Christians that awesome. uh, we're asking you to support right now, but Steve, all of that to say, great to be with you for a few moments
1: uh, this sure. afternoon. Amen. Great to have you as always, Michael, and always love hearing these stories because I think we all need a reminder. Uh, I was sharing some things this morning at a men's Bible study that's been going on for 40 years, and and uh, reminding people. how oh, thank you so much for your transparency. What I'm like, listen, the blood of the Lamb, the power of their testimony, and and Jesus and mm-hmm. Satan hates testimony. He hates it. Because it's literal proof in your face of God at work. So I, I love these stories that you've been sharing, Michael, and hope that you can share a few more here.
0: Well, let me do that, Steve, and let me say this: you know, you know, whether you know I'm in Chicago, Steve, whether I'm uh, you know I'm opening my Bible, uh, Steve, you're in North Carolina, I believe, you know, or if it's deep in the heart of Africa or somewhere in the Middle East or within the walls of communist China, you know, if you're, you're a believer and you're walking with Jesus. You need to be able to open your Bible every day, right? Um, why? Because it's it's in the pages of Scripture that you hear the voice of God. Now, listen. If you're not filling your mind with hmm. the promises and the precious precepts of the Lord, um, what 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 does the enemy say to you? Well, you know, the enemy rushes you, pushes you, frightens you, confuses you, discourages you, worries you. I mean, all of those things, right? Condemns you. But when you can open the pages of Scripture, Steve, uh, and and you hear the voice of God uh, in the pages of that precious Word, Mm. what happens? Well, God stills you, right? He leads you, He reassures you, enlightens you, encourages you, certainly convicts when needed, right? But there's a comfort, there's a calm. And you learn very quickly the hope of the gospel is to be shared with others. And that's yeah. true in this story from uh, deep in the heart of Africa, uh, in Mozambique, the Gaza province that's right near the Indian Ocean, Steve. Let me tell you about a man by the name of Tembe as we wrap up our time together. Um, what's his story? Well, he was the grandson of the village witch doctor. Uh, so growing up, He never had any any idea who Jesus was. Nothing about uh, Christianity. But he eventually married. He and his wife had two sons. One day, those sons went missing. There was a search party put together, and they found those sons. They had been murdered at the hands of uh, Timbe's grandfather. His world of demons and child sacrifice. I know that's very very dark, but that put this man Timbe and his wife in a deep depression. In fact, they couldn't even get out of bed in the morning uh, until a, a Christian friend. Invited them to a Bible study from Bible League, and Steve, there's not a place on earth where Bible League has a presence where we're not connected to the local evangelical church. And virtually every case, that's an under-resourced church. It doesn't mean they lack a love for God or a zeal to see others uh, come to saving faith. It means that God has them planted where it's very, very difficult to live out your faith. You're facing the forces of evil, mm-hmm. just like in this story, right? So um, they came to a Bible study over eight to twelve weeks. Steve, they were gathering with about a dozen other uh, couples and families, and they would find out who is Jesus, how is He both God and man, what does it mean to die to self and put on Christ. And um, about uh, ten weeks into that study, Steve, they would come to place their faith in Jesus Christ. And I can tell you what happened was, um, as uh, as Tim Bay and his wife uh, sort of came back to life, if you will, people would hear their story and they would say. Where do you find the grace and the gumption uh, to Hmm. move forward in life after such a tragedy? Steve, they have forgiven the grandfather. There's no relationship there, but they found that grace. They found that gumption. Now, listen, where do you find that, right, the hope of the gospel? Mm -hmm. Steve, about 200 people in the Gaza province of Mozambique, Africa, have come to saving faith. They're also in a part of the world where you simply cannot access the Bible. Yeah, and so, right. Steve, that's where your listeners come in. Uh, we've done kingdom business over uh, several uh, years right now. In fact, you've blessed thousands of bible believers. And now you know 200 between now and Sunday when we wrap up who can benefit from your prayers and your financial support.
1: Yeah, which is so cool, and it's amazing to think about uh, how far our money can go with something like this with with a thousand bibles to go, uh, the goal was uh, truth radio network thirty five hundred uh, as of today twenty five hundred are done we have a thousand to go it 's just five thousand dollars, which I know for an individual sounds like a lot of money, but everybody in this audience it 's not altogether and that 's the deal when we throw our shoulders to the same plow it 's amazing what we can get done a, a, a thousand more Bibles or five thousand mm-hmm. dollars worth of donations doesn't seem like a huge mountain to me. And so uh, how can we do that? I mean, you could five Bibles for 25 bucks. A hundred dollars is 20 Bibles. Five hundred dollars is a hundred Bibles. I mean, it's crazy what kind of an impact you can have. But how do we do that? How do we get that done, Michael, between now and Sunday?
0: Yeah, but hey, let me say this, uh, and I'll give you that, uh, give you those numbers. You know, Paul writes, when one part of the body suffers, mm-hmm. we suffer together. And Steve, yes. there's a significant segment of the evangelical church globally that's suffering. They, they go without a Bible, what's so basic to the Christian faith. And let me tell you, people who are getting involved doing something about it, Ron of Ohio, this is uh, Gail from North Carolina, thank you, Chester of Utah, Phil of North Carolina. Uh, We heard from Brian of Tennessee, a $1,000 gift, enough for 200 Bibles. Big tall guy named Stu got got involved. (laughs) And, Steve, thank you for your gift. You're 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 not asking your listeners to do anything that uh, the Noble family has not stepped up and done. But anyway, two ways to get involved. If you could do this by Sunday, that will be great. 800-YES-WORD. That's 800 y e s w o r d. 800-YES-WORD. Or just click the Bible League banner. You can find that at truthnetwork.com. That's truthnetwork.com. Again, uh, Sunday's our final day. Steve, we'll uh, rejoice in whatever God brings through the Truth Network listening family. But, Steve, I've really appreciated uh, getting to know you and having these uh, few moments here and there to let your uh, listeners know what God is doing around the world and to invite them into this incredible kingdom work. Again, 800-YES-WORD or truthnetwork.com. We end Sunday. All it takes is $5 a Bible.
1: Yeah, I love that. It's so cool. And by the way, what a joy it is uh, if you actually call and talk to a human being as opposed to everything we do is online. We don't have any conversations with people anymore. That's why I love the fact that you have the phone number 1-800-YES-WORD, which is a reminder of what we're doing. But then you can just talk to another person, actually have a conversation with a human being. Uh, 3,500 was the goal. We're at 2,500. As of right now, we have 1,000 to go. I know because I know you guys, I know that you're capable of this, but that's between you and the Lord. You know, I'll always chide you. I'll encourage you. I'll uh, make you uncomfortable a little bit. I do that because I love the Lord and because I love you guys as well. And this is kingdom work, and that's something you can do. You can accomplish 1-800-YES-WORD or go to the truthnetwork.com website, click on the banner, jump right over there, and let's get across the finish line. Michael, God bless you, my friend. Thank you so much, as always, for your uh, information, for encouraging us, for informing us, and calling us to action. It's a blessing. God bless you, Steve. You too, pal. Have a great weekend Uh, from one Chicagoan to another. Yes, I used to live up there. Burr. I'm glad I don't anymore. This is Steve Noble on The Steve Noble Show, right back with another opportunity. Welcome back. It's Steve Noble, The Steve Noble Show. Uh, My wife and I were married in 1992. Stick with me for a second, and you'll see where I'm going with this. Uh, Married in 92, we were saved in 94, within a couple weeks of one another in Columbus, Ohio, prior to our salvation. Uh, My bride was pro-choice, not an activist, but definitely pro-choice. I was completely disinterested. Whatever. Wasn't on my radar screen anywhere at any time. And we got saved in the fall of 1994. And within a couple of weeks at the church we were going to in Columbus, Ohio, I I missed this one. I don't know where I was. But Gina went to church that Sunday, and they brought a a Christian doctor in who gave them the dirty details about abortion. And now in possession of the Holy Spirit and confronted with the truth, she became pro-life that day, two weeks, literally a couple of weeks after her salvation. And at that point, she was like, had this burden to be a part of the pro-life world at some point in her life. And then we had uh, Hayden in 1995 and four kids and homeschooling and all this stuff. And then she started at at a local crisis pregnancy center here in Raleigh several years ago, counseling, uh, which uh, she was around the ultrasound uh, process. And so she, at 51 years of age, went back to school. And now she's a registered ultrasound technician. And uh, that's the power of the Holy Spirit and the transformative power of God's word to, uh, to get involved, to be a part of life, eternal life, and then life in general. And so some people will say, you know, abortion's a political issue. Uh, that's downstream. Abortion is a moral issue. It's a biblical issue. And I don't know any convictional Christian that doesn't say I am, I am, uh, Hey, I'm pro-life. Okay. Well, I mean, I got confronted with this reality years ago. I'll I'll pull out a James on this one. You show me your pro-life faith by what you say. I'll show you my pro-life faith by what I do. So several years ago when uh, I heard about Love Life which had started in Charlotte and was wanting to come up here into Raleigh. Uh, I went to lunch with Justin Reeder and a couple of those guys. And and I told them, you know, Raleigh, this will be a challenge because we've got Bible studies coming out our ears and a Bible on every corner. And everybody thinks they're doing all the great stuff for the kingdom all the time. Uh, But this was a different kind of pro-life outreach and and ministry because you're going to be across the street from the abortion clinic to bring the love of God, the truth of God, the power of the Holy Spirit through prayer and praise. And so... Love Life got started in Raleigh, and, and it's just continued to grow, and it's been awesome to be a part of it. I bring my students out every year, which has been life-changing for them. It continues to be life-changing for me, but our awesome leader here in the Raleigh area, uh, a good friend and sister in Christ, Beth Moll. Uh Beth, thank you so much for calling in today. Excited, of course, about week 40 coming up on Saturday, November 11th, and uh, thrilled that you can call in and, and invite everybody and challenge everybody. How are you?
2: I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me, and we really appreciate your support for Love Life over the years. Uh, You've been pivotal in getting it really started in this area, so we're super grateful for you.
1: Well, I just love uh, partnering with you guys and to watch everything that the Lord has been doing is just... it's always amazing, and uh, to, to, that God lets any of us be a part of anything that He does like this is just humbling and awesome. So it's a great blessing. But thanks for your kind words. So tell us about week forty, because this isn't this is the end of forty weeks uh, every year with Love Life every Saturday out in front of the abortion clinics, plus the work that happens outside of that. But week forty is a little bit different than the other thirty nine weeks.
2: Yeah, we're really excited about this year. Uh, November eleventh, from nine to eleven a.m. We are all going to be gathering um, and just celebrating what God has done in 2023. As you mentioned, we've been out there since February every single Saturday, rain or shine, even in thunderstorms, anything that comes our way. (laughs) Um, And we've been out there praying and just worshiping God, basically having church across the street Mm. from uh, the darkest place in our city. And so November 11th is a culmination of all those prayer walks and just uh celebrating how many churches have come out. We had 71 come out wow. this year with us, over 4,000 Christians coming to the darkest places of our city and coming and praying and it has been amazing what God has done. So it's our Super Bowl, that's what we call it. <laughs> it's our uh, finale. Uh, we're going to celebrate, and um, I know it's really unique to come to an abortion center and mm-hmm. to be um, full of joy, but we're focusing on what God has done and what He is doing yeah. in the life um, area, and He is He is really moving. He is creating a culture of life. He's mobilizing churches, and He's saving lives. Um, so it is just a huge celebration, and we cannot wait.
1: Yeah, so help people to understand, at least here in Raleigh, of course, there's Charlotte, there's Greensboro, a number of other cities and other states. Help people to understand, just from a numbers perspective, uh, Beth, how how busy is the abortion clinic there at Drake Circle? Uh, What kind of numbers are they generating? And then what has the Lord been doing there in terms of uh, literally saving families?
2: Yeah, so we um, are at the abortion center every day of the week. Every day is open. We have sidewalk outreach team members there. And we can see up to 40 uh, women a day. Uh, Since SB20 in North Carolina, we've actually had uh, really great success in reaching moms. So um, now that they have to do a consultation in person, we really get two touches. It's been a huge blessing. And we have 103 baby saves. um, And we know a lot of that. Yeah, thank the Lord. is because we have more access to the moms Mm -hmm. and getting them the hope is here booklet. So we have, you know, anywhere from 20 to 40 each day. Uh, And then we also are on Chapel Hill once a month. There's uh, an average of 40 women that come in there every single day. So um, it's many, we have hundreds of women coming in each week. uh, And we're trying to reach them with the hope and healing of the gospel. Um, and God is moving. It's It can be um, very discouraging when you see that yep. many people coming in yep. um, from different states as well. As you can imagine, South Carolina, Alabama, um, we are an abortion destination, but we just see it as God has given us um, an opportunity to reach these women. We want them to know that God loves them and God loves their baby. Um, and he has a special plan for each of them, mom, baby, and dad, if That's he's right. there. That's so, right. Yep. Um, Yes, we are an abortion destination uh, because of all of the other states having life um, heartbeat laws and things, but um, we just see it as an opportunity to reach those who are broken.
1: Speak to a couple of things uh, real quick, Beth. We're talking to Beth Moll from Love Life Uh, here in Raleigh week 40. The celebration is a celebration, like Beth said, the Super Bowl, believe it or not, across the street from an abortion clinic. I've been to many of these myself and it really is a time to celebrate. They're engaging as well as always to pray for those people. Pray for the whole circumstance, but also to celebrate what the Lord is doing, literally right there at the gates of hell. But it's Saturday, November eleventh, nine to eleven a.m. Uh, you can find that on Facebook. You can find it at the Love Life website. Uh, but, but two things, real quick, Beth, for you yourself. Uh, you know, I've spent a lot of time there myself and really struggled with my anger and disgust early on. But how do you how do you kind of maintain hope and even a smile in the midst of that darkness? Speak to that once on a personal level. But, but second. Uh, for people that are a little skittish, a lot of my students are skittish that I bring out there and they're like, I don't know if I want to, this is kind of uncomfortable. There's, there's like abortion clinic workers across the street. So speak to that part, the second part, just just people being a little nervous about it. But number one, uh, how does the Lord give you such great hope and joy in the midst of such darkness?
2: Yeah, I mean, it really is a miracle, Uh, because it is such a dark place full of rejection, and there is so much evil there. Um, When you look, when we're in the circle, and you look across the street, and you see, as you mentioned before I got on, um, the pro-aborts, and they're dancing and laughing and joking, and um, in the city of uh, Raleigh and all of the... opposition that we've had, it can be really dark. Um, But we know that God is um, giving us a lot of power behind our prayers, and Mm -hmm. He's giving us a lot of opportunities. And we know when Christians show up um, that God hears our prayers. Uh, Moms see us not yelling and screaming, but praying for them, and it changes their hearts. And honestly, even if, you know, for 40 weeks we walked and we just had one life saved, it would be enough, right? One baby saved from abortion, um, it would be enough. So we just continue to focus on all of the things Mm. that God um, is doing, all the interactions we have every time we get out a piece of literature, every time we see a pro-abort, check us out or listen to the gospel presentation. That gives us a great deal of hope. Yeah. we have a lot of um, empathy. I think if you you really have to mm-hmm. shift your heart toward empathy and compassion yep. because the people coming in there are lost and they That's need right. the Lord. And so um, Christians, as you mentioned, like the, the factor or feeling afraid, it's okay if you feel afraid, mm-hmm. right? That's right? But we need to be stepping into these areas of darkness. If Christians right. do not show up, you know, right. similar to what has happened in the abortion um, area for so long, Christians stayed out of it, right? And it was a devil's playground. Yep. There were just a few faithful people coming out, um, and so when we when we retract and just stay within our church walls and stay away from these very evil practices yep. of the world, um, that's that's not being a christian that's,
1: nope, that's not right. loving your neighbor <laughs> you no no not i mean that's, yeah it's a violation of that darkness. love that's right you, you're not you're, you're not really loving the lord in that moment you're not loving your neighbor that neighbor of course being the unborn child the mom, the dad, every single person that works or volunteers at the abortion clinic. And that's why I'm telling you, I've told people for years, Beth, the the, the, the moment you make the decision, I'm going, you'll feel blessed. When you wake up that morning, yes. you'll feel blessed. In the car, you'll feel blessed. When you get there, you're nervous, yes. But every minute you're invested in this, uh, God will bless you for sure. Saturday, November 11th. We'll talk about it again next week, Beth. We'll keep reminding people. Thanks, sister, for calling in. God bless you. All right. Thanks for having us. You're welcome. We'll talk again soon. This is Steve Noble on The Steve Noble Show. God willing, I'll talk to you again real soon. And like my dad always used to say, ever forward.